so up on the screen is coming a reward that I have received. This reward came to me from the White House with an invitation to the White House as a quote-unquote successful businessman. <laughs> At the time, I was the owner of Solomon's Porch, and we were losing thousands of dollars. <laughs> If there's one thing I learned from my various years of owning Solomon's Porch, I am no businessman. <laughs> this was an award for me being a successful businessman, which I so was not. I assure you the awards this morning are nothing like that one. <laughs> In Paul's scripture for this morning, he says, if there is anything excellent. And did you notice in his words about this that he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, if anything is excellent, think about those things. Now what's interesting about this list is that many of these were classic Greco-Roman virtues. They're not specifically Christian virtues. He could have added, if there's any humility, and that would have been a very specific Christian virtue because nobody thought humility was a virtue in the Greco-Roman world except masters who owned slaves and expected humility. That word applied to Jesus two chapters previously in Philippians 2, to pinophrosune, by saying that three times fast. He humbled himself and took on the very nature of a slave, a servant. This is a countercultural virtue, one that was not endorsed in the Greco-Roman world except in regard to the behavior of servants or slaves. So what's interesting about this list in Philippians is it's a mixture of common, well-known Greco-Roman virtues and specifically Christian virtues. In Ephesus, there is a library of Celsus, and there are four statues in the entranceway to this library, and one of them says Arite, that's the word translated excellent here. The kind of excellence Arate is actually talking about is not academic excellence, it's moral excellence, moral goodness, moral redemptive acts. Now the point I want to make about this passage just briefly is that Paul is not calling us to be Christian Neanderthals withdrawing from society. He does not divide the world into secular and sacred spaces, nor does he divide it into pagan and Christian spheres because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And quite frankly, all truth is God's truth wherever you find it. This is why he says, whatever is, or if there is any because he's looking for those things in the world that he can affirm. 
Paul's approach to life is positive. He has an unconquerable spirit when it comes to the world. He's always encouraging us to realize that human beings created in God's image are capable of good and remarkable things whether they are Christians or not. John Wesley believed the grace of God was shed over all of his creation. At least prevenient grace went out in general to all of human beings. So why should we be surprised if the world sometimes produces beauty or things that are lovely or praiseworthy or excellent? I was thumbing through a book recently called Vatican's Hundred Works Not to be Missed. And what's interesting to me about the holdings in the Vatican is it's about half Christian art and statues and sarcophagi, and it's about half Greco-Roman non-Christian stuff because their criteria was whatever is excellent, whatever is lovely, if there is anything good, affirm it. Beauty is beauty, truth is truth, and right is right, wherever you find it. But what about this excellence? What really counts as excellence? The awards today are based on academic excellence. And I can tell you, it's nothing like the phony award that I got. You have been evaluated by your mentors, and they know you. They know when you've been sleeping, they know when you're awake, <laughs> they know when you've been bad or good. They've evaluated hundreds and hundreds of students over many, many years, and they know excellence when they see it. In this case, academic excellence. But what kind of excellence does God really expect of us? I remember vividly my university professor, Bernard Boyd, who was a classmate of Bruce Metzger at Princeton. They were both taking Hebrew together, and Bruce Metzger, who had a photographic memory, even if some of the film was not yet developed, <laughs> nevertheless would finish the exam in about an hour while everybody else was taking two and a half, three hours to finish it. Dr. Boyd's comment about that was, we were all playing checkers, but he was playing chess. It just didn't seem fair. There's always somebody that's smarter than you or me. There's always somebody who's more academically excellent than you or me. So the first thing to say about academic excellence is that it needs to be equally applied to all students the same way. An A for me should be an A for Susan and so on. Paul thought we should strive for excellence. He says about his past, I was advancing in Judaism far beyond my peers in Galatians chapter 1. He cared about making progress in knowledge and that kind of excellence. We have to measure ourselves that way. But I would also say to you, remember this. An awful lot of the time, it's not how far you've gone, but how far you've come. I mean, some people are born on third base and think they hit a triple. You've probably run into some of these people, right? It hardly seems fair, right? 
some people have more native intelligence than others. I, I once went to high school with somebody who just aced everything based on native intelligence and then made a perfect score on the SAT, the GRE, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He then went to Carolina and flunked out. He never applied himself except to beer, and he failed. As for me, I worked very hard. I achieved Phi Beta Kappa in my junior year through a lot of sweat, sweat equity, a lot of hard work, a lot of late night studying and reading. I'll bet it's true that many of those who received these awards worked unbelievably hard to get there. But a warning label should always be applied to a certificate of academic excellence. There is a temptation, a great danger, that you evaluate your faith, your standing with the Lord, your personal worth as a person. That way leads to madness. That is no means of self-evaluation. If you're evaluating yourself that way and you're that grade conscious, you either sort of go to the professor and say, you know, I think I really deserved a much better grade than this, because otherwise your self-esteem takes a hit. Or you have such a sense of entitlement that you don't appreciate an honest critique of your own work. And as a result, you never become a better student of God's word. I trust that neither of these things are true of the recipients of these awards today. I would simply remind you, grades are not given, they are earned. No professor owed you these grades, you earned them. Now some students have asked me, what's the grace in that? And I would say, you have forgotten that Paul says in Philippians, work out your salvation <laughs> with fear and trembling, and it's a good Wesleyan virtue. So, how then do we, with humility, strive for excellence? The answer is you need to diversify your portfolio. And by this I mean you need to be a more well-rounded Christian person who doesn't just leave, live their life with their head in books. You need to be involved in works of piety and charity, as Wesley said. You need to get proper exercise and keep your body as fit as you can. You need to be physically fit, mentally awake, and morally straight. The Boy Scouts at least got that one right. You need to be part of a good Christian congregation and regularly be involved in worship and fellowship. And by the way, you need a hobby or two, minor music and sports. You need to not be Johnny One Note, good only at one thing. And when you have that proper external focus, you figure out how to love your neighbors yourself as well as loving God with all your heart. And of course, if you have a spouse or children, they are your nearest neighbors who are unlikely to let you simply be a bookworm when the yard needs mowing or the groceries need putting away or the diapers need changing. Am I reaching you? Are you feeling me? When you have all these things going for you, you are less likely to be so self-focused 
and evaluate yourself purely on the basis of grades or academic achievement. You should ask yourself this, what counts as being an excellent parent? What counts as being an excellent spouse? What counts as being an excellent friend, an excellent example of Christ-likeness to those around you? And that brings me back to the original meaning of the word arete. It means moral excellence. Jesus once said, what good is it if you've inherited all the world's kudos and all the awards, but have lost your soul? Last thing, and this is an important thing. Excellence is good to be striven for in all fields. Even if you're finishing your academic career, you still need to commit yourself to lifelong learning. And of course, unless you don't want to commit yourself to lifelong growth in your faith and in Christ. I have met too many older Christians who stopped learning, stopped growing, and in some cases were satisfied with having been inoculated with a slight case of Christianity at Asbury, which is preventing them from getting the full dose. Not good. They've become arrested in a stage of spiritual and intellectual infancy. Don't be like that. Don't be like the student who came up to me in a class here on this campus, who shall remain nameless some years ago, and said, Dr. Witherington, I don't know why I need to learn all this history and theology and exegesis stuff, why I can just get up into the pulpit and the Spirit will give me utterance. I said, yes, Charlie, you can do that, but it's a shame you're not giving the Holy Spirit more to work with. God has given you abilities. Will you use them to serve the Lord, including your intellectual abilities? We need, as Paul says, to strive for arete, moral excellence, Christ-likeness, imitating Christ. Even Jesus grew and matured. Luke 2.52 is perfectly clear. He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and human beings. May that be the goal of all of us here present today, including all those who get the awards. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.